Did you know that your weaknesses are not flaws? And actually, we were designed with weaknesses, right? We were designed with strengths. We were designed with weaknesses. Um, but what if I told you that your weaknesses could also be your strengths? We're going to talk about it. Can you imagine a life full of peace instead of anxiety? Or a life where you can feel freedom and joy instead of fear of always being hurt? A life where you can actually experience healthy relationships instead of always feeling alone? It's time that you do. It's time that you break free from the lies you've always believed and lean into who you were designed to be. It's time that you start truly walking into your healing journey so that you are finally able to experience what it's like to feel peace in your pieces. So a few weeks back, we did an episode where we talked about, are you the weakest link? And we talked about how there's this idea that if you don't show emotion, you're weak. Or if you show too much emotion, then you're weak. And there's so much to unpack there. But in reality, we're all weak because we're all human. And if we weren't weak, we wouldn't need God, right? And so we went into how like we were designed for a specific purpose. And typically when we're walking outside of that purpose, we're going to fall short. And there was a lot more that we went into in that. But the other day, uh, I was sitting at church and I heard something that really jumped out at me and I realized that there's actually a part two to that message which is what we're going to talk about today. So I mentioned this in the intro but did you know that your weaknesses are also strengths? I feel like I ask a lot of questions and everybody is probably always like that is such a weird question or that is such a weird statement. I feel the same way whenever I feel it get put onto my heart but it is true. It is true that even your weaknesses can be used for the glory of God. Have you ever seen that episode of Friends? Do I have any Friends fans here? Um, where Monica, if you're not, a, if you never watch Friends, there's an actress, her name's Monica in the show, and she has to be the best at everything. She's very, very competitive, and she just, she has to succeed at everything. And there's this episode where she is giving back massages and everybody's in horrible pain like she is not good at giving back massages and she was so convinced that she was the best at giving back massages and so when she realized that she wasn't it kind of broke her like she was really distraught over the fact that like wow I thought I was good at this and now I'm not and so to try and cheer her up her boyfriend at the time Chandler was like long story short was just basically like what if you looked at it like this what if you were the world's best worst back massager and it her whole dynamic changed it was so funny and she was like oh so like if there was an award for best worst back massager who would get that and he's like you would and she was like so excited because like it was a way that she could still be the best. I don't want to build on this idea and not on the idea that we should strive to be the best at everything, but that even our weaknesses can be viewed more like strengths. We can see our weaknesses in a positive light and not always in this negative, you know, insecure place in our life. But like I said, 
even our weaknesses are supposed to be used by God. I mean, a lot of times we we try and hide them. We try and show everybody, you know, look at what I can do, look what I can do, because it gives us that positive attention. It gives us more fulfillment than feeling like we're failing or feeling like we're being judged or, you know, whatever that fear may be. And so, you know, when you're, when you no longer feel like you have to hide parts of you, there's this whole new sense of freedom that you can untap. In 2 Corinthians 12, it says, or Paul quotes Jesus and who said, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness, which means that in our strength, God gets the glory, but also in our weaknesses, God gets the glory. But he can only get the glory. It can only be used to help others. It can only be used to encourage others. Whether you're Christian or not, your weakness can help others. It can be seen as more of a strength. But it cannot give God the glory. It cannot encourage others if you're hiding it. If you're hiding it and you have built coping mechanisms to build walls around it so that nobody ever sees it. It is okay and normal to not be the best at everything. Now, I get it. When it comes to being vulnerable and it comes to showing things that could put us in positions to be judged or, you know, have any type of negative feedback about ourselves, remind us of things that we don't want to believe, remind us of situations we've went in. Like, I understand that that can be really really scary. Obviously, we don't want to be judged. Obviously, we don't want to have, you know, be nitpicked apart. But I said this in the first part of this message in the um, Are You the Weakest Link, but also I've said this in several other messages. And that is that being judged is not an indication of anything about your character. It shows that those people are in unhealthy places with unhealthy mindsets and it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with what, with what they have walked through and now it is being projected onto you, but it is not because of you or have anything to do with who you are as a person. However, I understand that, you know, all of that is scary, but what is more scary? What is something that we should avoid more than avoiding being judged? is becoming a playground for the devil. Becoming a playground for all of the insecurities that we've ever had, right? He wants to come and he wants to swoop in and he wants to steal every piece of joy that you could ever have. He wants to make you feel lower than him because he's the lowest of the low. And he doesn't like that we have a higher place than him and so he comes in and he tries to tear us down and we give him that ability when we choose to hide behind weaknesses or build walls around our weaknesses when we choose to not allow certain parts of who we are who we were designed to be the things that we've walked through and the things that we have learned from the things that we have walked through when we hide those things and we live in a place of insecurity, we become a playground for the devil. And even if you're not a Christian, this can still apply to you. 
Um, you may or may not believe in the things that I'm saying, but what I guarantee you can relate to is feeling hopeless. Your insecurities taking over your mind and making you feel like you're alone and you're worthless and you can amount to nothing or you won't succeed or people will make fun of you or people will judge you. Okay? These are lies. And I'm calling them lies from the enemy because I believe that's what they are. That is the only thing I have found to be true. <laughs> and when I take back that control, when I realized that I was created and I was designed for a specific purpose, and I walk in that, that gives me hope. That gives me peace. That gives me lasting joy. Even when things get hard, I, can, I don't have to feel. When things get hard, I don't have to feel like they're crushing me. You don't have to feel that way. Anyways, that was like a little random tidbit. But the only way that the enemy can attack us is in our mind. And not just in our mind, but more specifically in our vulnerability. Every story, every account that you read in the Bible that the enemy comes in and he tries to, you know, tempt others or, or whatever it may be, he only does it in the place of vulnerability. This was preached actually um, a couple weeks ago and he talked about how, you know, with Jesus, when he came and he tried to get Jesus to break his fast, he didn't do it when he first started his fast. He did it when he had fasted for 40 days, when he was really hungry, right? That is when he tempted him, right? And so it's, that's what he does. He, he looks for vulnerability and, and a lot of times that vulnerability comes when we are feeling, when we're sitting in our wounds, when our wounds have become what dictates how we live our life and, and our fears dictate how we live our life. When you're living in fear, you are handing over your entire being to the enemy. And I know that sounds extreme, but here's the thing. You are either giving yourself who you are, your hopes, your goals, your dreams, your character, your identity, you know, your achievements, everything about you. You're either giving it to God or you're giving it to the devil. And again, I know that sounds extreme. That feels extreme. I don't like saying that, but that is true. And it's, and it's harsh, but it's true. You're either walking a healthy lifestyle or an unhealthy. You either have a healthy mind or an unhealthy mind. There is no in-between. There is no in-between between if you're holding hands with God or holding hands with the devil. And ultimately, I know, listen, I get it. We do not want to say that we're giving things to the devil. You may want to argue with that and be like, no, I love God. I trust God, but I just, I've been really hurt in this area and it's hard for me. And I get that. I have my areas too. I'm preaching to myself. That's why it was so hard to say. I don't, it's a reality. It's, it's a come to Jesus moment that I didn't want to listen to either, but we have to. That's just the way that it is. And so when you have your strengths, you're all about giving those to God. What about your weaknesses? 
we walk this life where we think that we're going to find fulfillment and just showcasing everything we're good at. But there's a piece of us that was specifically designed there. Now, there's some some weaknesses are do come from wounds. They're not there because God put them there. But he designed us very specifically. Everything about humanity was designed so specifically. Everything. Not even just with humans. With animals. With nature. Everything has a purpose. And you may think something that just popped in my head just now. There's flowers, right? That have really stinky smells. But they still have purpose. Those smells keep them alive. It deters certain predators from coming and eating them. There is purpose in things that aren't beautiful, that aren't put together and perfect. So when we tuck those things away, we're hiding a part of who we, we are. And you can't find fulfillment until you're walking in exactly who you are. Now, I'm not saying that we should go around and just fall down all the time. I'm not saying that we should go out just boasting about how awful we are at they are not how we're not great at certain aspects or whatever. Like I'm not saying that. That's silly. What I'm saying is we shouldn't be afraid of our weaknesses. What I'm saying is that we should be walking towards exactly who we are, but unfortunately what happens is because so many of us are afraid of showing our weaknesses or falling short or failing quote-unquote failing that we don't actually walk into who we are made to be because like I said several times now we're hiding parts of us and even those weaknesses that have come as we've walked through life and you know walked through cer certain situations um, those may not be necessarily weaknesses we were designed with but they are a part of our testimony which also can glorify God which also can encourage other people because as hard as it was we got through it we still may be working on overcoming you know dealing with the aftermath of it but the fact of the matter is we're still here we're still we're still fighting and that is very encouraging and that can really help others so what does this mean like how do we give our weaknesses to God? How do we figure out how to stop hiding our weaknesses? How do we fully walk into who we were made to be? The answer is we learn what it means to trust. We learn what it means to trust God. Notice that I didn't say we just trust God. No, I said we learn how to. Trust is not something that we can just do. It's something that we have to experience. This is why most of us fall short in this area because we have kind of built on this expectation of we just have to do it. We just have to know how to do it. We just have to, you know, just walk in faith. And it's like you can't have hope, faith, or trust without knowing what that means and have experienced it. Now, I'm not saying you have to be an expert, but if you don't know how to trust, then that means you have to be open, you have to be open to opening yourself up 
to letting people in, letting God in, so you can experience what it's like to trust somebody and have a positive outcome. And when it comes to learning how to trust, this also means taking the time to get to know who it is that you're trusting, right? You can't just walk up to somebody on the side of the street and be like, I trust you. I mean, you can, but there's a 50-50 chance that you're right <laughs> or that you're wrong. So, you you know, it's it's easier for us to be able to fully trust and walk into that trust and hope and faith if we know who it is that we are trusting. And so we need to take the time to get to know God. So my question is, do you know God? And most Christians, I would say probably a lot of Christians are either going to say yes, or they're going to say I'm working on it or something, but it's going to be, you know, like, yeah, I do. But here's, here's the thing. If we really knew God. Wouldn't we be trusting him with all of us? Wouldn't trusting him be easy and seamless? And, you know, wouldn't we be less apt to be living in coping mechanism? Now, don't let the devil play with your mind here. I'm not saying you don't know God. I'm just saying there's more of God for you to experience. But see, what happens is we get hurt, we face life, and then we build walls. And those walls were probably only intended to keep certain people out. But a lot of the times we end up shutting God out, and sometimes we even shut ourselves out. So, you know, it's one thing to experience God in areas that we are feel comfortable trusting him with, right? The blessings that he gives us, you know, and even sometimes in the hard times, you know, there's, there's hard times and then there's hard times. <laughs> there's insecurities and then there's insecurities. You see what I'm saying? And so there's parts of us that we're like, no, I, I, I trust him. I experience him in, in the struggles, but like, okay, but what level of struggle? Because again, if, we're here, it's because we're trying to work on ourselves. And if we're working on ourselves, it's because there's a part of us living in fear. And if we're living in fear, then that's an area we're not trusting God. You see what I'm saying? You follow me? And so it's one thing to experience God in the levels that we feel comfortable experiencing him in, but it's a whole nother level when you experience God in that wound in that thing that you have suppressed that you're hiding that you're not wanting anybody to see when you are able to put that out there i'm not saying showcase it for the whole world i'm not saying shout it from the mountaintops i'm just saying when you're not hiding from that anymore and you experience god in that that's a whole new experience and so when it comes to experiencing god like yes you know you're gonna hear people say read his word, get to know him, like pray and, you know, fast and do all these things. But I'm also talking about actually experiencing life with God. Here's the thing. God knows who you are. I mean, he made you. And so he understands your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. This is not new to him, right? But 
I'm talking about letting him experience life with you. What what does that mean? What am I saying? What I'm saying is he loves you. But he wants to get to know the you that loves him back. That trusts him. That is willing to hand things over that feel painful and you feel like you have to protect yourself from. He wants to experience life with you as your protector, but not just as your protector because that's who he is already, but as in you allowing him and trusting him to protect you. Those desires, those needs, those wants, those values that you desire, so does he from you. He wants you. He chose you. And I had this thought last night. This isn't even in my notes, but I had this thought last night that, you know, he knew, he knew that so many of these, uh, so many of his children would walk away from him. He knew that some of them would even go so far to, to speak against him. But he loved them so much, he still created them. Despite knowing that they would never love him back. That makes me emotional. That is love. That is intense love. And there's so many of us who say we love God but don't get to experience that intense love because we're hiding behind fears and pain. This is gonna feel hard. This is gonna feel scary, but what do we always say? We always say, so does staying where we're at now. So does allowing ourselves to be human jungle gems and playgrounds for the devil. And that message that I heard at church the other day that I mentioned earlier, um, you know, he talked and he said, you know, the devil hates you, which we know that, right? We say that. But then he said, the devil hates your kids. The devil hates your family. The devil hates your best friend. Whoever it is that you feel like you have to protect, the devil hates them. So it's one thing, like we can handle the devil hating us. But when we think about it in terms of like, the devil is out to steal and kill and destroy not just you, but your kids, your family, your best friends, your loved ones. We cannot give him that power. I mean, think about it. Like if a bully came up to you or your family or your kids or your loved ones or whoever and started just, I mean, even if we're a decent human and we see a bully come up and just start beating up on somebody random that we don't know, that's not okay. We intervene. We say no. We say enough is enough. We say that's not right, right? So why don't we do that with the devil? We should not be giving him this power. We should not be bowing down and just saying, this is too hard to give to God. So just have at it. And I know that's not what we're saying. That's not what we're choosing. That is extreme. I get that. But in hindsight, that is what we're choosing. Everything we do in life is a choice. Everything we do in life is a decision. Everything. And those choices either glorify God or they glorify the devil. There's no in between. We're either 
we're either giving ourselves, giving into God's desires or we're giving into this world's desires. There's no in between. And, you know, there's going to be people who don't believe with them, don't believe in this. But I challenge those people to really evaluate their lives. I challenge those people to really look at their hardships and their struggles and realize I need hope. I need love. I need to be seen. I need to be heard. I need my desires and my needs to be met. And then there's a part of those people that are going to struggle with that thought. And this is not in my notes either. It's just coming right out. But there's going to be people who are struggling because they're fighting that thought with, no, I don't. I don't need that. There's no point. What's the point? It's not. No, that is the enemy. (laughs) You can call it whoever you want. You know that you have desires. You know that you have needs. You know that there are parts of you that need healed and you need hope and you are longing for something to fulfill you. Lasting fulfillment. And you're not getting it from the world. There's a reason for that. And something to consider too is if you're not careful, if you are stuck in protection mode over a certain area of your life um, or all of it, um, not only will you give your weaknesses to the enemy, but you'll also give your strengths to the enemy. An example of this is something that I experienced, um, and that is being a giving person. If you are somebody who you love to give to others, you love to see people happy, that is a, a strength. That is a major strength, but it can become a weakness when it turns into people pleasing. And you start believing this lie of the only way that I'm going to receive love or attention or validation or whatever it may be is through giving to other people. So this, this strength, you were designed to be a giving person. You were designed to help people. You And then there's probably a spiritual gift in there somewhere where you're supposed to help heal people or something, right? But you don't tap into it because there's so much of your life that you have given to the enemy that now he's taken something that was supposed to help others, encourage others, be a blessing for others. And now it has become an insecurity and a wound in your life, a false narrative in your life that keeps you from, so you're still, you're still doing the thing, right? You have this desire to give, but you're doing it from a place of fear. Let that sink in. Everything that you're longing for is found in Jesus. And I'm not saying that because the Bible told me that. I'm not saying that because I grew up a Christian and all of that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that because I know that to be true. I'm saying that because I have walked in true healing. I'm saying that because I get to walk in hope and I'm still healing. There's still areas in my life that are not that I'm not finding that fulfillment because I am giving that to the devil and I need to not be giving that to the devil. And so I am absorbing this message right along with you. But ultimately, if we want this fulfillment and this peace and this joy, it can only be found in him. 
We have to be seeking after him. We have to be opening ourselves up to him and letting ourselves learn who he is, experiencing him. And once we do that, we can then start making our decisions and basing our choices off of what God says because we realize that he does love us and he is trying to protect us. And so we start basing our decisions around him and we start allowing him to move in and convict us. He guides us into who we were made to be. And so what happens is, it's like in Proverbs 3, 5, where it's like we're not leaning on our own understanding anymore. We're not leaning, what does that mean? We're not leaning on our own experiences anymore. We're leaning into his word, his experiences, his truth, not what all that we know, which is what we've lived. Now we can start having new experiences that are, you know, us relying on him. This week, I want to challenge you to make a list of everything that you're passionate about. Even if it's something you gave up on. Even if it's something that a lie crept in or you faced a situation and it stripped that joy and you just felt like, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. But you know down deep inside that this is something you're passionate about. What are those things? What allows you to feel fulfilled and joy at the same time? What are those things that you know you should be going after, but you're afraid to? And allow yourself to go deep with these answers. And here's the thing, even if you hear a voice that says, it's pointless to do this exercise, like why would I do this? You know, anxiety creeps in, you know, you might even start to feel panic. That is the enemy, that is fear, that is old wounds, and you have a superpower. You have the ability to be able to call on Jesus and all of that has to leave. When you tell that to leave, it has to leave. When you say, I need Jesus, I speak Jesus over the situation and you demand that anything else, fear, doubt, lies from the enemy, the enemy himself, all of that has to leave. Guess what? It has to leave. You are safe in this space. You are safe to talk about the things that you want. You are allowed to talk about the things that you want. Scripture tells us to talk about the things that we desire. Do it scared if you have to. That has been a trending topic around here lately. Those answers to those questions, that is who we are. That is who we were called to be. And when we walk into agreement with those things, those callings on our life, We can find lasting fulfillment and joy and peace and all of those things we desire. We can find love. Then I want you to write down what's stopping you. I want you to write down what it was that you were thinking or feeling when that panic set in and you thought, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. What were the fears? What were the hesitation? What are those weaknesses that you think that are gonna stop you from being able to achieve those goals or those desires? And then I want you to think about and write down how could God use these? How could God get the glory from these weaknesses? An example of this, because I know that might be hard. And honestly, when I wrote down that question, I thought, what would mine be? And I, I struggled as well. It was That was a hard question. But then I came up with an example, which I'm going to share with you. For me, that is overthinking and talking a lot. That is something that I've always 
been very insecure about it's something that I even got made fun of for not in like a malicious way but like I got made fun of and picked on and was seen as ditzy and all these things and um, you know it's always talked about how I talk so much and that was something that it really it really made me insecure it really stopped me in certain aspects where I knew I wanted to say something or I knew I wanted to do something and then when it came to overthinking it was just like I always like just I just want my brain to stop like it was exhausting but then I went through healing and what I learned was God could use those things and God uses those things all the time now when I am talking I kid you not, he will interrupt me mid-sentence and things will come out of my mouth. You've seen them happen when on these or heard them happen if you're listening. And it's like, I get so mind blown because I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, wow, you know, but if I didn't allow myself to speak, if I didn't allow myself to have a voice, if I gave into the lies of the enemy and did not talk, he would not have a platform. God would not have a platform to be able to speak through me, right? And so that is one way. The other thing is with, with overthinking, if my mind, if my thoughts, if my words, if they are speaking life, if I am overthinking about positive things, that is only encouragement. That is only going to help myself and others. That is never going to be something that is bad, right? Because I am focusing on healing, I am focusing on God. Overthinking is negative when I'm worrying. Worrying, <laughs> it's a hard word. Um, but overthinking, when I'm thinking about things that pertain to God or this ministry, it pulls me deeper into his word it pulls me deeper into relationship with him it, it it pulls me deeper into helping others into my calling so you see what I mean even your weaknesses even those things that you think are flaws can still be used by God they can and are also a strength I really hope and pray that you allow yourself to go through that exercise. I know you may have just listened to it and, and maybe you're thinking, okay, I'll do that tonight. I really hope and pray that you do. I really think it could be a, a come to Jesus moment. I really think, you know, it could really be something that encourages you and helps you through this healing experience. And I pray that God gives you wisdom. I pray that you allow yourself to be open to experiencing him and that you know you are able to get what God is trying to give you through this message per usual you are not alone I am here if you need me find me on my socials um you've got this you are you not only can do this you are doing this okay feel like I messed that sentence up, but whatever. So anyways, I hope you have the best week ever. I am so thankful once again that you are here, or if this is your first time, I challenge you to go back and listen to my previous messages or God's previous messages. Um, like I said, even if you're not a Christian, anybody can get something here, but I just, I really think that what I really want is for everybody to be able to experience the peace and the joy that I have been able to find through Jesus. So enjoy the rest of your week and we'll talk next week. Bye friend.